0: 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and I'll start reading at verse 1 and read through the first part of verse 10. And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age, who are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for your word, for the beauty of it, the majesty of it, and yet also for the uh, unchanging truth of it. We pray now, please awaken our spirits and our minds to understand what you'd have us to understand. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Often in church, we focus on what makes us different from the world. We focus on the dissimilarities between believers and unbelievers and I think that's the right thing to do if you were to go to a very liberal church probably a church that really doesn't even where people don't know the Lord uh, I think you would find that they don't focus on the dissimilarities between us but they focus on the similarities so it's right for us but I want to focus a little bit on the similarities there is much that unites us with our unbelieving friends that fill this earth family members loved ones uh, neighbors I'm reminded and I didn't look for it but I'm reminded of uh, something that CS Lewis quipped once when he's talking about us we Christians living in the midst of unbelievers but he said that there is so much that really we can agree on we all want good sewer systems and so what he meant by that is that as humans There are certain things that we all equally value. We all enjoy uh, being clean, for instance, at least adults do. I don't know. Children might like being dirty, but uh, we like being clean. We like having clean water in our homes. We like being comfortable. These are natural. These are things God's made us as creatures. And so we share so much with unbelieving friends. What is different, though, and what we really ought to be constantly aware of, is that that isn't the world in which we should really live and have our focus. It is, I think, for many of us, for most of us, it is. And so we tend then to forget that that which distinguishes us from this mass of unbelievers is really, really important. See, Paul, I don't think, ever forgot that look at what he said in verse 2 I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified because see that is a dissimilarity that we have with unbelievers the average unbeliever doesn't want to hear you even talking about Jesus let alone talking about him crucified resurrected ruling the world they don't want to hear it yet That's exactly what Paul talked about all the time, and so I'm sure he was very annoying to his unbelieving friends. If he didn't convert them, they probably wound up stoning him. But see, that's how Paul lived, and that's how many of us really choose not to live. I'm not saying that we all need to go and become the most offensive that we can to others, but it just, it is a real temptation that we face in allowing that 90% similarity we have with the unbelievers to be what defines our relationship with them. We must overcome that. The wisdoms between human wisdom and God's wisdom are contrasted here, and I want to spend a little bit of time on that. In verse 6, however, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age, Who are coming to nothing so this wisdom of this age paul said is coming to nothing the leaders who are masters at this wisdom are coming to nothing when i read this the thought occurred to me now much of human wisdom is good it's not bad now we can contrast obviously god's wisdom with human wisdom and focus on only the folly aspects of human wisdom, but there's much good in human wisdom. God gave us many many gifts, and so many unbelievers in our world produce wonderful things that aid humanity. God's designed it that way. We benefit from extensive labors of unbelievers, but we in human wisdom can suggest things that can want to do things that are kind of silly I don't know if any of you have ever researched silly patents, but I just did a lookup for some silly patents, for instance. And so one guy about 20, 30 years ago devised these boots that you could wear on the beach that have little motors in them that you can use your toes to turn them on and off, and they have tracks on the bottom, and they're meant to move you through the sand without you having to walk through them. I have never seen those on any beaches. I really doubt they were ever produced, at least not successfully. There is another one for fishermen. Fishermen that use crickets as bait complain about opening the bucket and then having crickets try to jump out to their freedom. And so what you can do is load this big gun that looks kind of like a glue gun with a bunch of crickets and then you pull the button and crickets shoot out. And so then you just have to be ready to catch that cricket and then stick it on your hook. So this would conserve crickets. I don't know how expensive the gun was. I don't fish. Maybe these are real popular. I don't know, but I haven't seen one. There are other things that are helpful. Now, this is a real problem. People that use those earbuds, periodically they fall out, don't they? And so, you know, and you just kinda can't control it. And so you jam it in there further. Well, there is some guy that has made these things called earbud anchors. And so you have these little clips and you clip them onto your earlobes and they actually look like anchors, naval anchors. And then you wind the wire through the earbud around the anchors. And now if it's tugged, it pulls on your earlobe, not on the earbud. And so the earbud stays in. I don't know what happens to your earlobe, but the earbud stays in your ear. There was another one that I think is very good and helpful for what's going on down in Florida. There's called the hurricane bed. So this is a bed that has a huge steel frame that you bolt to the floor. And it has a drawer in the bottom of the bed that's about 18 inches high. And so when the hurricane is coming, you slide open that drawer, you get in it, and then you slide it shut. And you latch it from the inside. So now you're essentially in a coffin. And so you're hopefully gonna be safe, but you know, they're convenient for burial should you not be safe, I guess, at the end of this hurricane. But see, these are ideas created from human wisdom, the ingenuity of man. There are thousands and thousands of these. It would really be a fun site to explore fully. But it's called totalabsurdity, I think.com. But see, much human wisdom is very useful. But by far, not all human wisdom is very useful even the stuff that culminates in really useful stuff. But for instance, it also changes. Imagine, go back in time, for those of you that are like, let's say 45 and older, go back in time to the early to mid 80s and imagine telling a friend or hearing a friend tell you, I'm going to sell all of my worldly goods, all of my investments, and I'm going to buy Microsoft stock because I think that's an incredible company. I don't know anybody that wouldn't have thought you a fool. Why are you going to do that? But see, with hindsight, we know that if someone had done that, they would become fabulously wealthy. Not that wealth in itself is a good thing. But again, in terms of human wisdom, human wisdom changes day to day, moment to moment, year to year. So what is deemed wise today is deemed unwise in 10 or 20 or 30 years. And there's really no guarantee that what you believe now humanly speaking, will be wise. But see, God's wisdom is fundamentally different from that. God's wisdom never changes. It's always wise. It's always the best thing to do. Now, there is a limit to human wisdom that is at the root of this problem. And it's that human wisdom ends. We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew. So see, that hidden wisdom is being contrasted with this other wisdom in verse 6, the wisdom of this age, nor the rulers of this this age who are coming to nothing. Human wisdom, in that it takes no account of God, cannot penetrate beyond the realm of time in which they're trapped so they don't see beyond death there is no value for human wisdom beyond death so it's limited just ultimately limited whereas God's wisdom the hidden wisdom the wisdom that is embedded in the sacrifice of Christ has ultimate value because God has injected it with that ultimate value God through that hidden wisdom allows us to see beyond the grave to act beyond the grave. And then in verse 9 he says, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Now these, my Bible shows them as quotes from Isaiah 64 and 65 and melds them together. And when you go back to Isaiah 64 and 65, I think you would find it interesting how Paul has applied it here. But what Paul, we know, what Paul even by this time has seen of God, interacted directly with Christ, taught by Christ. We know that he has seen into the heavenlies more than most any other natural-born human. Maybe Abraham, maybe Adam, of course, walking with God, uh, Enoch walking with God. Maybe those people had this greater intimacy with God, but yet we know Paul enjoyed that. Few of us, I don't know that any of us, would have had that type of intimacy with God. Yet, what Paul is sharing is that we must accept that by faith, that that hidden wisdom that God offers us is something that by faith we appropriate, and that, "'Eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him.'" So we are entering into that reward that is the promise god gives us for trusting him and accepting that human wisdom human wisdom sees death as the end but hidden wisdom sees death as the beginning have any of you ever seen a movie where based on the way that the movie ends instead of writing the end they write the beginning see the end having it come at the end of a movie began because all the credits were at the beginning they didn't show any credits at the end And so they didn't just want to have the movie fade away to nothing and leave you thinking that something else is going to show up on the screen, so they put the end up there. But some movies, their story is told such that at the end, it's opening up a new beginning. And for us, as believers, we live in this world which fears death, which has every reason to fear death, which can't see beyond it, we can't either, but our faith allows us to see beyond it, to trust God for what's coming after death. So we dare not live like the unbeliever in fear of death. Every opportunity you have that we have in interacting with others when they fear death is for us to share why we don't. That fundamentally distinguishes us. That's in that 5% dissimilarity. And yet, too often, Our relationships with people are so defined by that 90% similarity that even when the dissimilarities come up, we don't take the opportunity to discuss it with them. But we ought to. Paul would never miss an opportunity like that. We must take advantage of these opportunities. Paul always emphasized living in the light of this hidden wisdom and shunning the human wisdom not shunning it for the sake of his tent making let's say he probably had much human wisdom in terms of tent making but in terms of what really mattered he always emphasized the hidden wisdom of god and so let's be like him when we come to the table we are looking past this world into the next and we are benefiting from the wisdom that god has shown us this hidden wisdom that he's revealed given us glimpses of let's pray father we thank you for the hidden wisdom that you had designed for us even before the world existed. Father, it's remarkable that you have loved us with everlasting love and you have purchased us such that we will enter into a new future that we cannot now imagine. We give you thanks for this love. We give you thanks for this gift. In Christ's name, amen.